Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We are trying to find out what uh, causes the mental illness known as schizophrenia. Uh, we know that it has a genetic basis and we were trying to work out what particular genes were involved. And if we identify specific genes, we know what those genes do, or roughly what they do, what proteins they make. And then we can start to have some guesses about what the biology might be, what might be going on in the brains of people with schizophrenia that give them the symptoms. How can you identify individual genes that might be linked to the disease? Well, the way we did it in this case was we looked at a very, very large number of people with the disorder. We looked at over 10,000 people and we compared their DNA their genetic code with over 15,000 controls. And we looked at a particular type of mutation that is like a small hole in the genome or a small bit where there's too many copies of the genome. It's it's duplicated. We know that those types of, of abnormality are more common in people with schizophrenia than in the general population. And in this study, we asked the question, well, do these things hit particular sets of genes more than you'd expect by chance? And how do you know that those changes in the DNA are a cause of schizophrenia as opposed to a consequence of a person having schizophrenia? That's the great advantage of genetics uh, as compared with other types of study in that people's DNA is there right from birth. Um, Having schizophrenia doesn't change your DNA uh, so that we can be pretty sure that what we find in the genes is is there from the beginning and it's likely to be a cause rather than a consequence. And what did you actually find? How many genes cropped up? And is it biologically plausible what you found? Do these genes appear to be involved in the workings of the nervous system? So first of all, we found that genes that are involved in the workings of the nervous system are more likely to be involved in these mutations. You might think that's a a no-brainer, as it were, but it was good to see that. But then we also found that particular sets of genes that are involved in particular functions of nerve cells, the way nerve cells communicate, basically. Nerve cells communicate with each other, and they check the strength of that communication changes with experience. And that's the way we learn, and that's the way the brain develops. And we found that particular sets of molecules that are involved in that process, which we call plasticity, were affected by these mutations. And that kind of fits in with other lines of evidence. We've always had that problem of being unable to disentangle cause from effect from the other types of study that have been done. As as I just said, genetics allows us to say, no, these effects are likely to be primary. Do all of the changes map to the same parts of the DNA and the same genes, or do you see a range of different changes in a range of different genes and together they all produce a similar outcome, a a condition or a disease that we call schizophrenia? It's certainly the latter. Schizophrenia involves a large number of genes and any two individuals with the disorder will probably have quite different sets of genes involved. But what we've seen in this case is that when you look at those sets of genes, there's a preponderance of ones that are involved in the way that nerve cells communicate. We've had the same sets of drugs being used to treat schizophrenia pretty much 
across the board for 50 years or so. Do your results flush out any approaches or avenues that we might be able to follow to develop new drugs and therefore new therapeutic strategies? I think the results are starting to point to perhaps the balance between um, different types of, of neurotransmitters. Now, neurotransmitters are sort of chemical messages that the brain cells send each other. And there are ones that are excitatory where one nerve cell, if you like, excites the one next to it, wakes it up. And some are inhibitory where uh, they do the opposite effect. They, they put it down, they, they make it drowsy or put it to sleep. We think that it may be the balance between these two processes that's important. And perhaps that drugs that target that balance uh, might be useful in the future. But, you know, as I say, there's a lot more work to do.